Duty is defined as a task that one is required to perform, a responsibility, a legal responsibility. You are owed a duty by others at all times, whether a sole person or a huge corporation. You are owed a duty to be safe from negligent, careless, intentional acts that cause you serious damage, death, permanent injury, catastrophic loss. Others have caused a breach, a breach of the duty due you and yours. Your only recourse is to pursue a legal claim. It is impossible to turn back time so that the injury and damage did not occur. Monetary compensation is the only alternative, both to compensate you for your loss but also to confirm the conduct of the wrongdoer. Motor vehicle accidents, slip and fall injuries, assault, dangerous products, workplace injuries, animal bites, defamation, these are a portion of the wrongs that are inflicted on you and yours. Upsitnik and Associates can make the difference. Al Upsitnik has litigated, tried, and settled injury claims throughout the United States in his home state of Pennsylvania, but also New York, Maryland, and Alaska, just to name a few. When duty is breached, contact Opsitnik and Associates to make things right. For you, for yours. Contact them toll-free, 1-866-391-3299, or visit them on their Facebook page, Opsitnik and Associates, or their website, OpsitniksLaw.com. See the links in the description below for more information. Hello everybody, Zach back here with another episode of the Carnival of Randomness. I'm joined by Rye once again. Hey. And we've been mentioning for a while now our NFL tinfoil hat theory. Mm. So we figured we might as well actually talk about our NFL tinfoil hat theory. Yes. Uh, It began in the mid-season with watching what the NFL was doing and the road they were paving for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Which we, you know, I said it was going to be Kansas City defeating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, but I was halfway right. (laughs) And so let's talk tinfoil hat theory and just what's been going on and just the insaneness of some fan bases. And you were making a point just earlier that as soon as one player's name is mentioned, all arguments are shut down by that by the fans of that player. Yeah, so we should do a little rundown of what our sort of tinfoil hat theory is. And it's not particularly complicated, and, you know. Basically, it comes down to this. The NFL is a business. Businesses have to make money. Certain decisions are better for business than others. Yes. If you have star players, it makes business sense that you put them everywhere, and you try and constantly keep them out front. Exactly, and that, you know, you look at... And the NFL does that better than most other businesses. You have, obviously, TV commercials, jersey Mm -hmm. sales, and merch sales. I mean, it is a juggernaut of a business. Yeah, so every season, you know, they have to... You know, they want to maximize their earnings, and so they have a preferred outcome, as we've sort of given it the euphemism, a a decision that makes sense for, you know, bringing in the most amount of money. Exactly. And you don't blame them. No, but... But we do blame them for being so overt about it. Yeah, the problem is that there's sort of this expectation with sports that it's fair, right? A lot of 
you know, sort of lip service is paid to the fact that it should all be fair and the, you know, everything should be, the playing field should be even. Correct. That's difficult when you're a business. Yeah, 100%. So you sort of have these competing interests of the kind of randomness of a sport, you know, with the competing interests of a business which wants predictable money. Exactly. And that's and they want to maintain a specific flow of a revenue stream. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because sports is, well, at least sports used to be out of other people's controls. Yeah. It's a gam- it's a gamble. Yeah. And the thing you is know, the NFL is gambling millions and millions and millions of dollars every week. Well that's it, you know, so when you sort of think about it, you know, they stand to actually lose a lot of money if certain teams do well because they're just teams that don't have a large fan base, that don't sort of sell a lot of tickets, that will not get a lot of TV viewing. Right. So, like, what ha- what would have happened to the NFL last year if all of a sudden Jacksonville or the Jets had started getting really good? Yeah. You know, or the Lions or any team that's not one of the the upper echelon, as it were. You know, your Kansas Cities, your New Englands, your Dallases, your uh, Tampa mm-hmm. Bays now you can throw in there. Yeah. You but know, the, I mean, the, the big a lot market of... cities. Well, that's it. A lot of people used to call them, you know, either big market cities or small market cities. It's all the same idea that basically certain teams are just more valuable than others. Yes. You know, just in a myriad of ways. I mean, selling more tickets, more star players, selling more jerseys and merchandise and making their TV appearances way more valuable. Oh, 100%. You know, if you're if you want to put a commercial on, you know, you want to do it during popular team games. Yeah, and that's why, you know, look at the amount of money it costs to air a commercial during the Super Bowl. Exactly, and especially if it's a you know, in theory at least, a Super Bowl that people would, would want watch. To watch. It. Yeah, but what was it this year? Six million dollars for a thirty-second spot. Yeah. That's a lot of money, but the revenue that the businesses get is insane. You know. But at the same time, that's why you don't see a lot of, like, you know, Cincinnati versus the Jets on primetime, on national primetime games. Exactly. You get more like, you know, Seattle versus somebody, Tampa Bay versus somebody, Kansas City versus somebody. It doesn't matter who that somebody is, as long as it's that team. Exactly. You know, so there's sort of, you know, but then, yeah, you get into this problem where sports is obviously random. And so you have to kind of take your opportunities where you get them. Absolutely. And I think I think a lot of people don't necessarily realize how many sort of opportunities to kind of stick your fingers in the pie that Goodell and sort of others have during the year. Oh, yeah. You know, because when you sort of start insinuating that, you know, there's any kind of fakery or whatever, most people's concept of that is wrestling. Correct. Where everybody knows that it's totally scripted, they rehearse the matches, everybody goes in knowing who's the heel, who's the baby face. Right. You know, and so, you know, it's kind of like, no, that's not what the NFL does, but... 
there are a lot of opportunities in every game and every year. Oh, God, yeah, I mean... To tinker. Yeah, there, think about it this way. There's at least, at least, or at the most, there's 16 games a week. Yeah, and no. each of those games, you know, you sort of think about uh, the calls that have to be reviewed are obviously the biggest one. Yeah, the calls that have to be reviewed, the the uh, the referees, whether or not they, you know, and even yeah, like they, the non-reviewable stuff. Did they see that the way it is, or did that flag go the way it should have? Well, that's it, you know, the sort of questionable penalty calls. Yeah, uh, and you notice how all the more flagrant run ones seem to be the ones that aren't reviewable? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know... Uh, even sort of which referees maybe are assigned to certain games. Exactly. You know, is this a referee that's been around a while? Does this referee like to play ball with the NFL, if you catch my drift? Well, exactly. Uh, you know, I think you have to be pretty naive to believe that the NFL is going to be pretty much the first multi-billion dollar business with sort of officials that are pure as the driven snow. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. There was... What, a couple, a couple years ago, there was that uh, NBA referee incident mm-hmm. where, you know, they admitted that they were taking money to throw games. Every sport does it. I mean, look at the Olympics. Yeah, it's look at the Olympics. Look at baseball. Look at soccer. Look at hockey, football, boxing, uh, MMA, everything. As soon as you're getting into the billions of dollars... Yeah, it's... you're going to try to force things to go your way. And, you know, before we continue, you know, before we continue, let's just say this. Yeah, people are going to be like, ah, we don't know, but we're not asking you to believe us. We're just asking you to think about it. Well, exactly, you know. And I think this is where a lot of people's frustration, confusion, and everything comes in because you see, you know, why was this flag thrown that one not thrown why was this sort of penalty much worse than you know that one right and then um, why is it that if one team has a flagrant bad call thrown against them within a quarter usually the other team has something that happens to them mm, in the effort in the vain attempt to balance it out so they don't look as skewed as they really are yeah and just sort of the the disparity and sort of randomness of it. I mean, there's all kinds of jokes and memes, you know, spinning the wheel of discipline for players. Oh, yes. And that that's another thing. And actually, this is what brought it up, was the fact that New Orleans and who was the other team? The Raiders. The Raiders were all punished to some degree for their lack of uh, abiding by the corona rules during this past season. Yeah. And yet the one team that had the worst outbreaks, the Baltimore Ravens, as of right now, I mean, we can addend, I can add a little addendum to this if it happens in between recording and airing. I don't think it's going to happen if yeah, it was going to No disciplinary what, action whatsoever against them. Yeah. You know, uh... So it's just, there's sort of this big discrepancy and everybody constantly just sort of shakes their head or gets frustrated. And, you know, instead of looking at it from the perspective of, you know, every if you commit the same uh, sort of errors or, you know, offenses as a punishment, you should get the same punishment. It makes sense if you look at it from a perspective of, 
what does the NFL gain by maybe removing certain players for certain games? Right. And what happens if certain teams are pushed back on their heels and have to change their plans against certain teams? Exactly. I think then you start to maybe it makes more sense why, you know, two players doing pretty much the same thing. One will get, you know, a $2,000 fine and one will get a six game suspension. Exactly. There's just, there's, I don't think there's any other way you can look at that and make sense of it. No, you can't because there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Consistency? Thank you. That's a, that's the perfect word. There is no consistency between the infractions and the ultimate punishments. No, it's a total wheel spin move. Yeah, the wheel of nope. discipline. It's like, well, you know, it's like Tyreek Hill. So many mm-hmm. people forget about what Tyreek Hill has done. Yep, and yet... And I'm not going to say know. it, but if you Google it, you'll find out exactly what I'm talking about. Well, that's it, you know, and you sort of think on uh, maybe on a less premier team, you yeah. know. Like if Tyreek Hill was playing for the Atlanta Falcons. He probably would have been out, yeah, you know. He would have been faced with a, with a suspension. But, you know. But the fact that he was a high caliber player on a high profile team. Eh, yeah, that, yeah, that's basically putting the most butts in seats, you know. And, exactly. As they used to say in wrestling, you put an ass every 18 inches. You know. So, yeah, there's sort of all these things that you can kind of tinker with to to nudge things a certain way. And we should say again, as because it's going to get difficult not to sort of go into specifics now. As, as soon as you, yeah, you point out a team or a player, you know, people naturally get defensive because nobody likes to feel that they're on the receiving end of you know, undo favoritism. But the thing that people have to remember is that favoritism is convenient. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I say, just with the past statement of me talking about Tyreek Hill, I guarantee you any Kansas City Chiefs fan that listened to that just automatically turned us off. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's like, how know, dare so you? The, well, I dare because it's true. You know, uh, it's less about, you know, sort of your team perhaps being kind of babied and more about the fact that your team may be convenient for knocking another team out. Well, that's what it is. It The NFL's um, favoritism, mm-hmm. it's not loyal to a specific team. It's loyal to a situation. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd say it's not loyal to probably about 30 teams. No, but I'm just saying it's the old adage, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, that's it. And, and they will and I extend both. that helping hand to a team in the way well, that's that can it. be and, made useful. You know, you and I both use different analogies. I'm Canadian, so I, of course, went for curling. Yes, you did go for curling. You know, when you think of sort of, you know, using your rocks to knock other rocks out of the way. You don't care about either of those rocks, but you're just trying to clear a path. Right, and exactly what I and the analogy and I made said was chess. Was chess. <laughs> yeah, sacrifice the pawns to save the king because, you know, ah, eh, the pawns we got eight of them were fine. Well, that's it. And you sort of think, well, the NFL has kind of 29 has about 28 different pawns. Yeah, you know, and only, you know, three or four really top caliber teams. Right. And they are going to sacrifice whomever they need to in whatever fashion they need to to make sure that the big money dream Super Bowls and big games happen constantly. Exactly. 
So, now that we've kind of put the disclaimer out there... Ah. If we uh, have any listeners left. Exactly. I mean, this last year, yeah, the most obvious things sort of felt like what happened between the Ravens and the Steelers. And it was... Everybody's now kind of eyeballing the Ravens, but... As much as I don't like the Ravens, but no, it's not but they don't have the power them. to make the decision to change the game. It was the powers that be. Yeah, it's and you just, look at it, what who was it? I can't remember his name, but the kid who was the practice squad wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys came in and played quarterback in an NFL game because they had no quarterback, and the NFL was like, "Nah, eh, you'll figure it out." Oh, that was the Broncos, I think. Who did I say? Cowboys. Oh, well, I meant the Broncos. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, whereas, oh, Lamar Jackson, well, we'll just push the game back a week. You know, but for me, I mean, I think that it was more that if you sort of look at what the the preferred outcome was, it was pretty clear to everybody that, you know, the most money would have been made in having a Chiefs-Bucks Super Bowl. Yes. I mean, that just... 100%. They weren't particularly subtle about it. They were putting up, you know, Photoshop pictures of... Oh, yeah, that was like right from the beginning, right from probably week five, all of a sudden these back-to-backs of Brady and Mahomes started going up everywhere. Yeah, just all over like ESPN and NFL and just, you know, pictures and articles and like they just wouldn't shut up about it. So they weren't (laughs) exactly subtle about trying to make, you know, hype for this. Well, and let us not forget, who in 2020 season, who were the numbers one and two jersey sellers? Yeah, Mahomes and Brady. I believe it was Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady, respectively. You know, but and the problem was that... who wouldn't want that dream Super Bowl? You know, yeah. one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever take the field versus the up-and-coming next generation of him. Exactly, you know... But the problem was that for most of the year, there was one team that was ahead of the Chiefs. And as they started pulling into the final part of the year, it was looking a little bit like the Chiefs were maybe not going to be able to dethrone them because they didn't play directly. Yeah. So, so, they, so they couldn't go after them directly. Well, and really, obviously, people know the team we're talking about. It was the Steelers up until the, the slide. But yeah. you have to look at the fact that it didn't happen just... It, you know, the Baltimore incident wasn't the first incident. Let's put it that way. No, you know, and it's... It goes back to, what was it, week three with Tennessee? Yeah. When all of a sudden they have all the corona and, like, no. oh, well, we'll just change the bye week. Oh, we yeah, now. every NFL wants to have their bye week after week two. It's so useful then. Yeah, exactly. So... They knew that they couldn't attack them directly, so they had to go through other teams, and it would just happen that two teams and a pandemic became useful tools to them. Well, that's it, you know. So it's not really, it's not kind of about the Ravens. It's not about the Steelers. It could have been any two other teams. It didn't matter because the only point was that the NFL was trying to clear a pathway for, you know, for the Chiefs. Exactly. You know? So whatever teams were in their way had to be brought down. Right. And it was just sort of, yeah, they just used COVID to do it. But it really, you know, they don't love Baltimore, the Steelers. It's nothing about them. Right, exactly. It's just they were in the way. You know, and 
You know, and even Cleveland, because Cleveland kind of got the short end of the stick in the playoffs against the Chiefs. Yeah, well, you know, another team that they kind of did dirty was the Raiders. The Raiders were the one team that had beaten the Chiefs in their first match. And so when it came time for their second match, uh, the Chiefs were, or the Raiders were missing, I think, most of their either offense or defense. I can't remember, but basically a lot of guys. Yeah, they were in a rough spot, but they still were forced to play the game. Yeah. Whereas Baltimore, who had the chance to step in front of of an obstacle, Mm. they were given, what, three, two or three postponements on that game. Three. That's never happened. Yeah. You know, so it's just, yeah, it sort of becomes difficult, you know, if you were kind of looking for it from an angle of consistency, obviously there is none. No, there's none whatsoever. But if you look at it in terms of what does the NFL gain or how are they kind of using this to tinker, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I agree with you. The Chiefs had to win that Raiders game to have any chance of catching up to the Steelers at that point. They did, and that's why that game went on. Yep, you know. Whereas... If that game had no bearing on anything, that that would have been postponed. Yeah. You know, if, you it, know? Was, if it was the Raiders versus... I don't know, the Broncos, mm-hmm. that game would have been postponed. But it wasn't yeah. the Raiders versus the Broncos, was it? No, you know, so they were kind of forced to go on. And yeah, whereas then if you were trying to look for consistency, well, then why did the Ravens not have to pick up some of their practice squad guys? Exactly. And why were they, you know, conveniently it was delayed until after, you know, Lamar Jackson would have tested out of quarantine. Well, exactly, you know. So it just, you know, it's it's really difficult not to sort of to feel like there is that essence to it, which is, you know, it makes sense, but at the same time, obviously, it's infinitely frustrating because it's, you know, it's infinitely unfair. Well, and again, I think the problem is, like, just don't be so, you know, broad, you know, don't broadcast it. Yeah, it's like nobody wants to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> you know that—that's the great analogy. Like we like sausage, we like the finished product. We don't need to see how it's been made. Well, exactly. And that, you know, that I think was exactly of... the curtain that the NFL pulled back last year. The making of Super Bowl, whenever that, whatever it was, fifty-four, fifty-five. Well, exactly. You know, and just you know. I don't know if they've learned anything. The what was supposed to be and what was billed for, you know, weeks leading up to the, you know, the hype and everything was that it was going to be an instant classic. Yeah, and what was it? The worst, the in least like watched Super years? Bowl in seventeen years, something like that. Yeah, or since two thousand seven, so fourteen years. It was the lowest rated Super Bowl in NFL history, and usually the Super Bowl is the game of the year. Well, that's it. Not and just even football you, game of the year, the sporting event of the year. Yeah, and even if you say that maybe a lot of people had kind of tuned out because of, you know, the social justice stuff, I think that's, you know, that can't possibly account for everybody. No, that, that doesn't account for all, of, for all of it. Maybe it's a couple weirdos, but... Yeah, it's just that when you saw sort of prior dips, 
you know, um, around like the Kaepernick thing, it felt like you were kind of looking at maybe like two to four million. Yeah, but not to the degree of this one. This was many yeah. millions. This was basically a stone plummeting into the ocean. It just people as much people as they care. Tried, yeah, people just didn't care to see Brady win his gorillionth, you know, ring. Yeah, or nobody Brady cared. Junior. I know I didn't care. I know for a fact you didn't care. Nope. You know, uh, people in Florida actually didn't care that much, even if it was their own team. From what I read, ratings were better in New England than they were in Florida. Yeah. You know? Yeah, nobody in Tampa people- cared. Yeah, the only people really paying attention were Patriots fans who had all bandwagoned onto Brady's new team. Yeah, and or actually probably a lot of them had tuned in to see him get his ass kicked. Well, either or. Love him or hate him, you know, they they were, yeah, tuning in for kind of that. But, I mean, outside of New England, it's... Yeah, nobody like, cared. I know, you know, not even yeah. people in Missouri really seemed to care. You know, so it's just sort of, it'll be interesting, you know, um... Hopefully things are more back to normal by the time, you know, this regular season game starts. So, you know, you're kind of hoping that it'll remove COVID from being something that they can tinker with. Um, hopefully, and not just for the fact that it's something to tinker with, but for the general populace. Well, yes, obviously for that. Yeah, I mean, that that was, you know, didn't need to be said, but yet it did exactly. need to be said. Exactly. Obviously. Yeah, but I mean, if you can take something that massive that can be that easily leveraged out of the hands of the powers that be that are basically able to make whatever decision they would like. Yeah. You know, know. God forbid there be a championship between the two actual best teams. Yeah, I mean, uh, considering how low the ratings were, it's hard not to feel like, you know, a Bill's... uh, Packers Super Bowl probably would have been better. I feel like there's quite a bit of more natural excitement about that. Well, exactly, because, and I think it's the thing where people like to see different teams involved. Yeah. You know, even even though I'm not a huge, you know, baseball fan, I follow hockey, but I'm not a huge, like, diehard supporter of it. Mm. Yeah. But, like, when the Penguins came down to beating Nashville for the Stanley Cup, it's like, dude, that's cool, because it, it was Nashville, it was a new team. Yeah. You know, and that's the cool thing about hockey, but they can get away with it because they have to play several games to really determine who's best. Football doesn't have that luxury. Yeah, well, that's it. Um, You know, so it's going to be kind of interesting, you know. I think, like so many things, there's maybe even a widening gap between kind of the, you know, what I'll call the elite, sort of the, the commentators, you know, all the analysts, you know, who tend to bandwagon on one or two really popular teams. Mm-hmm. I wonder who they could be. And more sort of natural fan response, which, you know, isn't necessarily loyal to just one team. Yeah, and I'll tell you honestly, like, I'm not a Bills fan. I live close to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to have seen the Bills in the Super Bowl. I'm not even going to lie. Me too. I... I was really excited. I thought that it was this, you know, that this was their year. Really Especially felt like because, be. you know, Mahomes went into concussion protocol, although he didn't because he cleared concussion protocol in under a week, which you can't do. Yeah. But, eh, you know, what are you going to do? Well, exactly, you know. So it just, 
yeah, I mean, that would have been really awesome. And it felt like a lot of, you know, a lot of the stuff I was kind of reading on, you know, comments and everything were plenty of other fans of other teams who once their teams were out of the, you know, playoffs that they immediately just kind of moved and said, well, I'll go for, you know, my backup then. Right, because you look at the playoffs and, you know, now there's seven teams for each, so 14 total. If your team doesn't make that initial cut or gets bounced out early, you're going to have another team that you would be like, man, that'd be cool to see them win the Super Bowl. Exactly. You know, it wouldn't have happened, but how cool would it have been, like, you know, Bills versus Rams? Well, exactly. You know, know, so Bills versus Chicago or something. (laughs) Exactly. Something weird that you wouldn't have expected to see, and yet here it is. Yeah, you know, and so there was a lot of sort of, it felt like excitement. Uh, The Packers were leading the uh, NFC at that point, and I think for most of the year. Yeah, and the Saints weren't far behind. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, they were sort of... Packers and Saints have already won. Well, it sort of felt like for a lot of it, the the Packers were kind of the heir presumptive, right? So, and people were kind of interested in the idea of maybe... Aaron Rodgers going for one last Super Bowl and then retiring. Yeah. You know, that would have been a a cool sort of story. Or Drew Brees, same thing. Well, exactly. You know, either of them, and then it ended up being neither. And then it ended up being Tom Brady, who then signed a four-year extension. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, really? Well, that's it. It's sort of of all the, you know, sort of storylines that, would have been more interesting and felt at least a little more authentic. Yeah. Instead, we just get Brady winning another ring. That's not exciting. Yeah, and the fact that Antonio Brown, you know, has a ring is actually kind of disgusting. (laughs) And I don't care what the world thinks, innocent until proven guilty. The guy guy is messed up. The guy is not a good person. The guy is a cancer, and yet he has a super boring, so. Indeed. You know, yeah, and I'll go on record as saying that I don't care. I never, I haven't said anything slanderous about him either. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. You know, it's just we'll see. I guess you know if they continue to make the you know the same pushes, and if it's God forbid another Chiefs Bucks Super Bowl, you know, in twenty twenty two. Yeah. Mm. At that point. I will stop watching American football yeah. and probably switch to Australian rules football. Yeah, exactly. Switch to Pee Wee League. Yeah, there you go. Pop Warner football, yeah, baby! Exactly. But, you know, the problem is it just... They're treating the fans like we're stupid enough to not see what they're up to. Mm. But we aren't. We are smart enough to see what they're up to. Well, that's it. I mean, and everybody even when sort of... the, the talking heads that are usually kowtowing to the NFL is starting to question things, you know something's wrong. Yeah. When ESPN, of all networks, begins to question the NFL, <laughs> we have a problem. Well, that's it, you know. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's ridiculous and... You know, I can only imagine how frustrating it is for the players who, you know, most of them who aren't, you know, getting a lot of the breaks are presumably going out there and, you know, trying to play an honest game. Yeah, they're giving it their all for what, to what end, though? You know, and yeah, getting, you know, some of them just getting, you know, kind of getting the, 
the rug yanked out from under them. Yeah, it's like, oh, you guys have been playing great, but you're not in the plan. Well, that's it. It's kind of like, yeah, you guys have been, you know, going out there and playing and getting injured and, you know, putting yourself on the line, but you're a small market team, so... Yeah, exactly, you know. You gotta go. Right. It's like, but, yeah. you know, North Carolina isn't exactly the kind of market we're looking for. Yeah, basically. Uh, uh, I don't know, so we'll see. I mean, you know, it's been becoming more and more apparent over the years, and this last year was like, if you don't see yeah. it, there's something seriously wrong with you. Yeah, you know, and and I'll just say it again, you know, look beyond it if we said, you know, a player you like or, you know, a team maybe you like, that maybe, you know, it's not necessarily that the NFL favors them year in and year out. It's just that they were convenient. Yeah, because look at, look at how fast they turned their back on New England. Yeah. You know, nobody cared about the Patriots now that Brady wasn't there. I, I, don't, I mean, what else can you really say about it? I don't think there's much else, you know. It's because, yeah, there's just no point in sort of going through year in and year out. I think we all know what the preferred outcome for the past, you know, 20, you know, years has been. Oh, my God, you aren't kidding. And, the you fact know, there's... That it, and it all began when the, with the fact that they literally invented a rule in the middle of the game just to help the Patriots. Well, that's it, you know, and their scandals Nobody can are tell me legion. that that rule was on the books because there was no such thing as in the grasp or tuck rule in the NFL record or rule book until that precise moment. Well, that's it. I mean, it's... Yeah, you know, their scandals are legion, and I think that attests enough to, you know, the NFL kind of looking the other way. And, yeah. you know, I think you'd have to be pretty crazy not to see that there's at least some kind of a conflict of interest in having the NFL commissioner basically being best friends with only one or two owners. Yeah, and honestly, you know, you look at uh, the... I don't know if you watched the first round of the playoffs, I think it was what, Cleveland and, or the second round would be Cleveland versus Kansas City. Yeah. The fact that it was literally the most blatant pass interference call ever, and the referee watched it and did nothing about it. I think that was it when the guy, the Kansas City guy basically just destroyed the Cleveland Browns receiver before the ball was even thrown. Yeah. And yet, there was no flag. Yep. So... If you well, can look it. at that and honestly tell me that that game was being officiated fairly, then you frighten me. Well, that's it, you know. I don't know, man. So mm. call us weirdos if you want, but it got to the point as the playoffs went on and I had told my dad this, I would get text messages like, no, you know, I hate to admit you're right. Yeah, exactly. If your dad's admitting you're right, then, hmm. Yeah, hmm. <laughs> So, um, let's just, I don't know, do you think you can, but in this case, after everything that's happened, as we kind of wrap this one up, because we didn't want to take that long on it, because, you know, you really yeah. can't. Do you think it's possible to put the genie back in the bottle? When Goodell moves on, maybe, but it's hard not to feel like, as much as pretty much everybody dislikes him, it's just kind of how things are going like he'll just be replaced with somebody either just like him or even worse exactly so 
in the future, hopefully, we can go back to actually having some sort of integrity, or at least hide it a little better. Well, that's it. I you know, think we're, not asking, way... we're not asking the NFL to do a complete 180 turnaround. We're just asking them to, you know, humor yeah. us a little more. Well, that's it. I think, I mean, ultimately all that fans can do is what they did with the Super Bowl, which is just refuse to watch. Exactly, and that's the biggest thing that will, that's the one of the only things that can topple the NFL. You vote with your yes, wallet. Exactly, you know, that's really all that you can do to show them that, you know, you don't like the way that things have been officiated and everything. And that's why this Super Bowl was supposed to be the storybook Super Bowl for the NFL, right? Yeah. You know, the passing of the torch, even though it didn't happen that way, that was what I, you and I called the passing of the torch from Brady to Mahomes. Yeah. Instead, it turned into the lowest rated, or the lowest viewed Super Bowl in over 10 years. Yeah. That right there should tell you all you need to know. Exactly. So, hopefully the NFL, you know, looks at it and, you know, even if they don't care from an ethical standpoint, at least they'll care from a business one. Right. And that's where they're going to, and that is where we're going to make up ground. Mm -hmm. If all of a sudden people aren't buying into it and aren't watching the games and advertisers like, hey, we're not getting our money's worth, we're pulling out. Exactly. They The NFL responds to that over a bunch of people with blogs and podcasts. <laughs> exactly. You know, so they don't really Screaming care. into the void. Exactly, and that's all it is. We're screaming into the void at the people that listen to us, and the NFL doesn't care. Goodell's not losing any sleep over what you and I have to say about him. He doesn't have a soul. No, that's true. He doesn't sleep, but... Yeah, exactly. Just watches and plots. And plots and waits and then golfs with a couple owners. Exactly. So, you know, I was really hoping that, uh... Well, actually, I can say it. We can save the tinfoil for cooking and not for hat making. Well, exactly. Because it and, turned out you know... we weren't far off, were we? No, and, you know, I think out of pretty much anybody I feel the worst for, honestly, it's the Bills. Yeah, I agree with you. The Bills kind of took it in the teeth. You know, as much as the Steelers got messed around. Yeah, but the Steelers you know, did it to themselves. Well, there's some of that, and it's also that the Steelers have, you know, they have a ton of trophies. They won most of the Super Bowls they've gone to. You can't say the same about the Bills. Right, exactly. The Bills have been to four, lost four. The Steelers have been to eight and won six. You know, so like the Steelers have a lot of success. They do. It's just nice to see them not shoot themselves in the foot. Oh, it sure it would be. And unfortunately, just, that's nowhere near what happened last season. It just felt like, you know, the Bills, you know, the, the Patriots were finally out. The Bills had exactly. worked hard and to rehab turned it Allen. on. You know, and I mean, I said in the, our last couple of podcasts, I really thought it was their year. I did and too, it would because have been they awesome. completed the puzzle. They brought in Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And Stefan Diggs goes ham. Yeah. And Josh Allen goes ha Everybody on that Yeah. Ham. Everybody started firing on all cylinders at the exact same time, and the result was kind of terrifying. Yeah, they were a buzzsaw. And yet... There you just, have it. And yet yeah, the so, results of the Super Bowl speak for itself. You know, so I just, like, that 
irked me honestly more than anything else you know towards the end of the year and the playoffs yeah and you know like i say because the bills have been kind of a laughing stock for a long time yeah this was supposed to be their big redemption honestly though i think they've shut up a lot of people yeah i mean i think they could hopefully have a chance but again you sort of wonder you know when it's almost not about how good you are right you know, will they be mucked with or will other teams be mucked with to help knock them out? Because I think they'll be a contender again this year. I think so. You know, so I don't know. But, you know, if you're a Bills fan, I really feel for you. Yeah, if you're and... a Bills fan, our condolences because, but at the same time, uh, congratulations because Buffalo turned a massive corner. Yeah, well, that's it. I think they're, you know, and at Buffalo, least you have good Buffalo things to look forward to. Buffalo has eventually entered the realm of, they're frightening. Yeah, I think they'll be a top five team again this year where I think can't so. say the same about the Steelers. No, uh, I think the Steelers are going to be lucky. Hey, Tomlin, guess what? You might have your first sub-500 season, and don't think that that's some sort of mark on anything because 8-8 eight and eight yeah. ain't exactly great. Exactly. So run. I guess there's that to look forward to if you're a Bills fan. Right, I, I or a football this. fan. It's going to be good to see some other team, you know, trying yeah. to make a thing. You know, what happens if, you know, Andy Dalton and Chicago turn it on? Yeah. Or that what would happens be awesome if Jared too. Goff and Detroit turn it on? Or even Stafford and the Rams? Or, you know, and now the Bills are coming back. What happens if the Jaguars start to gain steam? Exactly. You know, football's set up for some interesting things over the next couple of years, and I can't wait to see what it is. Me too. But just NFL, try to hide it a little better is all I ask. Exactly. It's the off season, and I can't sleep, and I'm watching the football news. Exactly. And, uh, every time every time we talk, it's like, did you see this? Did you see this? exactly try to have a nice off you know nice evening just relaxing and yet all of a sudden it goes back to youtube (laughs) football stupidity (laughs) yep god bless it oh exactly and on that one uh we will pick more up later and obviously Mm. we love football so football is going to happen again in the future exactly but for the time being uh keep looking at the skies and remember the truth is out there to borrow from some tv show exactly was it the rockford files Mm, yes that sounds about right so for the carnival i want to believe what who i want to believe we all (laughs) but on that one i am zach i'm rye like i say watch the skies and let's see what happens next year